quick note to our listeners. This episode was recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic. We understand that the future may look a little different now, but we still want to share these passionate conversations. This is Mary Celeste Bell. Welcome to the Blackberry Podcast, where we'll dive into stories and knowledge of the incredible people that are part of the Blackberry story. You'll hear from longtime friends, amazing visiting personalities, and our own inspired team members. Yoga and meditation instructor Lee Mollis came to Blackberry Mountain to host a reset event focused on creating positive energy and connection with ourselves. Blackberry Mountain's wellness manager, Megan Henley, joined her to talk about Lee's journey as a yoga instructor and the different yoga practices she loves to teach and incorporate into her life. Welcome, I'm Megan Henley. I'm the wellness manager um, here at Blackberry Mountain and um, sitting down with Lee Malice today, a yoga and meditation teacher and the founder of Pranic Soul Yoga um, in Atlanta, correct? She's all over the place, really. Um, welcome, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. We're so, so thrilled you're here. Um, so Lee, you are a lover of Kundalini, Ashtanga, and Vinyasa yoga. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got started um, as a yogi, your first experiences. It's a really sort of funny story to start in that um, I was in my 20s and I was actually at my own rehearsal dinner um, for my wedding married 20 years now and um the i went up to my my mother-in-law's to be's friend who um she's an artist she was always wearing crystals and drove a a lavender volvo and you know this was back in 1998 yes um so i was just always sort of drawn to her spirit and just sort of how she moved through the world so I went up to her at the party. We, we were the only two people in the room. And <laughs> I asked her, I, was, I said, you know, I really want to go to your yoga class with you. And the lights in the room flickered. And we both were like, ooh. Like literally? Like literally flickered. <laughs> That's fantastic. As a sign of like, yeah, yeah, go to yoga. Yes. So she took me to my first class, my first teacher. And it was in the basement of someone's home in Dunwoody, Georgia. <laughs> and it happened to be Kundalini Yoga. And I never, I, at that time, did not even know that there was any other yoga wow. besides Kundalini. I just dropped into that one. And from the first moment, truly, of that first class from tuning in, Ong Namo, Gurudev Namo, it was like something inside of me was reawakened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was truly the experience itself that just brought me right back to this space within me that had always been there, but got a little bit lost through life and the challenges of life. And, you know, I mean, 1998 in my 20s, planning a wedding, technology boom, working in the corporate world, 100% commission, technology recruiter. You know, it's just interesting to think back. Yes. (laughs) I was stressed. I was stressed. It was, um, it was a seeking for something to take down the level of stress 
And it was something that I found that from that very first class, I was like, this I must share. Yes. And that was the beginning. Um, I think four years in that same basement with my same teacher. Took a teacher training right away. Um, Started telling everyone in my life about this yoga. Well, tell us, uh, probably a lot of our listeners are not familiar with Kundalini, specifically yoga. Um, So if you would tell us a little bit about putting it into your own words, because I find it hard to describe uh, myself. I I do kind of trip over my words when I'm explaining to people, even to this day, what Kundalini is about. But the fact that I'm into a Kundalini, Ashtanga, and Vinyasa, sometimes just briefly I'll say, well, Ashtanga is the discipline. Kundalini is like your energetic spiritual connection. And Vinyasa is the party. Yes. And I love all of those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, But Kundalini Yoga is technically or typically described as the yoga of awareness. And all of yoga, no matter what lineage talks about kundalini energy. So that's Mm -hmm. this energy at the base of the spine that we're looking to awaken through our practice. But kundalini yoga, as taught by Yogi Bhajan, is a specific scientific technology that he started sharing with um, America in 1969. And it just incorporates so many facets in the yoga practice through the breath and through mudras and mantras Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of movement people are typically surprised when they come to kundalini and they break a sweat and like hold their arms in the air for 10 minutes while breathing breath of fire and (laughs) yes there's so many elements that it takes people by surprise Mm -hmm. um i think that you know it's one of those things you either are ready for it or you're not right (laughs) and just allowing yourself to come in and have an experience of your own breath and of your own body and working with the technology itself you usually do feel an immediate change in your state of consciousness yes so it elevates your consciousness sometimes for people it actually brings up a lot of um things that we've pushed down so Sometimes people will come to Kundalini and it's sort of, it's like a little much for them. They're not ready for it. And then, but it plants the seed and, and by, in time they'll find their self back. Yes. But to just simply put it, it is just a technology of working within the human body of using your breath and different mudras, which are just hand positions. And the mantras all come from a language that the it's the sound vibration it comes from gurmukhi and that just means from the mouth of the guru so there are these powerful sounds that are just basically stimulating the meridians within the mouth so it's like Mm -hmm. acupuncture for your mouth through the mantra Mm -hmm. and this is just a concept that is um getting a little bit more common yes throughout the world but certainly in 1998 was still sort of like you had to find the basement class. That's what I was going to say. So you guys were in a basement because it just wasn't, I mean, at that time, how many yoga studios were there in Atlanta? I mean, I can think of probably three or four. I might Mm -hmm. not have known of some, Mm -hmm. but none of them were teaching Kundalini. Kundalini, right. It was, you know, Iyengar and Ashtanga. Mm -hmm. Um, Not even sure that like what we know of as vinyasa or hot yoga was even on the scene at that point, it was more Hatha, Mm -hmm. um, or those classic, 
um, styles of yoga, lineages of yoga, which I found to love. I mean, before Kundalini, I was a runner, always chasing that pranic energy. Mm -hmm. And um, so the Ashtanga and the Vinyasa practices are so important to make the body strong and flexible and open so that then the combination of throwing Kundalini in is just so much more effective because there are quite a few things that you do seated and the more open the body is to be able to sit comfortably, then the more effective I think it is so that you're not kind of sitting with the pain. Right. <laughs> you're moving and creating energy. It's, um, I actually had someone ask me, so is Kundalini um, less of a physical practice? And I was like, oh, no, it's very physical. Um, but in a different way, it's in a different way in that for those of you listeners that do practice, think opposite of chaturanga and up dog, (laughs) right? But you're still getting a serious sweat. If you're, if you're engaging in the breath, right? If Mm -hmm. you're working into the movements properly, I think my favorite part about Kundalini yoga is that almost all the exercises are done with your eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And there's just very few things in our life that give us an opportunity to shut down the visual stimulation in this technology information age where everything is coming at us at lightning speed. And we really have to decide even what information to allow in to our psyche. Mm -hmm. And Kundalini is allowing us to close the eyes and go within for that whole hour practice or however long the class is or however long the meditation is and to just go in and listen. Yes. And be with ourselves and be with ourselves, which there's many layers to the mind. So sometimes that is scary for people to be with themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have to want to look within. You have to want to look within, but it's a beautiful thing when you do. Yeah. And then, so from Kundalini, how did you, um, find Ashtanga and Vinyasa? Um, how did those come into your life? Well, I think as soon as you start to kind of get into yoga, you, you start to attract other people or there's other people in your life that are also getting into yoga. And that's definitely the trend now. But back then there were just a few friends that were also kind of finding yoga or seeking it out. And like, you know, my, my dear friend, Brian was like, you have got to come in town and go take this Ashtanga class with me. You're not going to believe it. Yes. (laughs) So it was just the start. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, there was this amazing studio in, um, in midtown Atlanta where we were doing Ashtanga yoga. Um, I'd say that probably came around 2001. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So So just a few years years after, and then it was like, Oh, now I want to do it all. Right. (laughs) Right. That's what happens. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) For most all of us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and so I love, um, so you do teacher trainings, um, pranic soul yoga, and you blend most all three of those Mm -hmm. really together in your teacher trainings. I do. I do. And the original intent of that, um, well, and how that even all started, I'll back up as a, a, a dear student 
kept coming to me. She had it on her calendar every Thursday, go to Lee's class and talk her into doing a teacher training. (laughs) So for a few months, she would come and say, I am doing a teacher training for my 40th birthday and I want you to be the teacher. Wow. (laughs) She really planted that seed. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I can do this. I actually have been doing this for a long time. I mean, it was now to date, 22 years of practice, 19 years teaching. Wow. So this was about That's... five years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, I, I have the credentials here. So it was so much fun to then think, okay, I get to do this. This is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that year, um, and she even was like, and I have a friend, they'll do it too. And I'm like, well, they haven't even met me, you know, like how (laughs) there was so much trust um, from her. So the original intent was an Ashtanga based blueprint Mm -hmm. for the physical part of the practice, like learn the primary series. And you've got a great blueprint that you can always fall back on for an amazing practice. The vinyasa is this creative expression through music and piecing things together in a flow that's like an art form to me, really. Right. Sequencing is an art form. Sequencing is an art form. And and you can kind of get into that vibe with the class and whoever, whoever shows up that day. And then the Kundalini was originally there as a self-transformation piece for the students. Like, I want you guys doing Kundalini because I know how effective it is in helping you to make big changes. Yes. There were some people that got into the training and like, oh man, Kundalini is the only way and all the way. Right. So then that became like a bigger piece of it. And so there are people that have come out of that training because it's a 200-hour yoga alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, a 200-hour yoga alliance training is really just opening all the doors. Yes. Right? It's just the beginning. You yes. could never capture everything that you want to capture in 200 hours. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> so, you know, inadvertently, they'll go on and take more trainings. I've even yes. had people come out of the training And I really like to call it yoga school because it's sometimes there are people that want to go deeper in their practice and go deeper in the studies, but they have no intention of being a teacher. More of an immersion. So it really is more of a yoga school Mm -hmm. and you will be qualified and able to teach when you come out. Right. There are people that have come in and found their voice and, and then found a love that I didn't even teach them. I've got amazing students teaching yoga nidra Mm -hmm. and yin yoga. Neither of those were in my wheelhouse. And now I bring them in to offer that to the training. um, Great. You know, these current classes that are going on. So I think it's wonderful to have that discipline and knowledge of the Ashtanga method and then find your own authentic voice with the creative flow of how a vinyasa class can be expressed from you and through you. And then the techniques and the tools of meditation and pranayama and the magic of the Kundalini Kriyas. Yes. So, yeah. So I want to come back to the the Kriyas for one thing and mantra and how powerful that can be for people. Um, so don't let me forget that. But also, um, personally, I just have to ask, um, you don't do a, a 500 hour training so far. <laughs> I've been spending a few days with Lee um, for our listeners um, and just completely amazed. Um, and so I was just personally, I'm just asking. <laughs> that that actually has been um, 
of all the classes that have graduated, they keep asking. So yes. I'm currently trying to get my credentials up to date. Great. So Great that there will be an offering and it would be a 300 hour that would then add right. to the 200 hour to, the, to make the 500. And I get excited about the potential of bringing in the people within those past classes back into one room. Oh, oh how fun. Yes. So amazing. Because yes. really, we get to the end and, and it's, it's just not over. It's right. like this whole new community of people are connected through this amazing practice and it's so supportive and and so fun because really through this practice it's about union right so we're we're uniting all different shapes and sizes all different backgrounds all different histories and connecting on this common interest of going within and doing self-healing yes and then being able to support each other and all the many things that come up is just a really beautiful, it's really a beautiful thing. And I just have so much gratitude for being able to hold yeah. that space and, and attract the people that want to do it. Absolutely. And then they turn around and they give to others. Yes, it is a their ripple teaching. effect that just continues to spread. We were laughing with a friend recently. She's like, Kundalini Yoga is sweeping the nation. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, you know, again... It, it's all how you offer it, offer right? It, yes. And my big thing is authenticity. And yes. if you're able to connect with your own authenticity and offer that to the world, however it is, through whatever modality, then people will, the people that it resonates with will show up. Right. Absolutely. And so that kind of leads us back to the, the Kriya and the mantra. Um, so... For, I guess, for our listeners who aren't familiar, um, just maybe a little bit of that. I'm sure they've probably, most people have heard of mantra. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if you'd speak to that a little bit. And, and it, it, I mean, do you ever run into a situation where you start to get nervous about teaching it? Or I'm sure not anymore, but back in the beginning when back you began in the beginning, introducing absolutely. it. Absolutely. There was even a moment where I actually took a break from teaching it. For exactly that reason. Right. Um, I was still in a time and space in my own inner workings where I could get kind of hung up on what are people going to think of me and, and I want everybody to like it. And then, you know, as we grow, we realize like it's not going to be for everyone, nor do, does everyone have to like it, but I can no longer sit back and not offer it. Right. So it's again, how we, um, the approachability or taking the sort of like taking the edge off of, I don't want to use the word weird. Right. So it's like <laughs> just taking off the, the edge off of the unfamiliarity of it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, when you think about it from the scientific level, mantra is something for your mind to connect to, right? Mm -hmm. And this mind up here, I mean, it is amazing that we can be chanting a mantra, moving our hands in a certain mudra, using a breath pattern and still have thoughts, mm -hmm. distracting thoughts yes. and a lot of thoughts. And I think the brain can <laughs> focus for what, like not even three seconds, most of not the time even three on seconds. one thing. Yes. So, so the, the best thing, if anybody that's new to meditation out there is to remember 
The goal is not to stop your thoughts, but rather to redirect and train your mind to come back to something. If it's quiet meditation, it's the breath. If it's mantra, it's the sound that you're making. You might have to do that a thousand times in 11 minutes, right? Right. But it's just the return and the training. So over time, your ability to stay with it gets easier and the spaces um, in between the thoughts become greater and in the space is the power and is the peace. So the mantras, you know, for me, once you can connect with the actual vibration that the sound makes within your body, and this is getting a little bit like, you know, deep ish, but there is a certain (laughs) resonance, like just the mantra Satnam. S A T N A M. Satnam means truth. And it's considered a beige mantra, just a seed, right? We're just planting the seed of truth within. So anytime you say Satnam, it's just you're identifying with the truth that is within you. And holding that mantra out for a long Satnam has a certain resonance and vibration within. And so you just start to, over time, start to connect with not trying to intellectualize like, well, why am I saying Satnam? Right. <laughs> and what is that doing? But more just having an experience mm-hmm. and getting more into the quality of the vibration or the resonance of your own voice and mm-hmm. how it feels in your body. Then you start to connect with the heart space. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, there's so many different ways to connect mantra to chakras and chakras are just energy centers in the body that connect to particular personalities or shadow emotions within us, right? Mm -hmm. And so you just start to connect all of these dots and use mantra in a way that takes you to a certain place or brings you to a certain state of feeling Mm -hmm. um, and into a level of awareness that quite honestly feels really good. So I think that for most people, if they allow themselves the experience, they might not understand exactly what is happening exactly but they leave feeling better and good and elevated and then I'll get calls like I slept so good last night or you know I was just like buzzing all afternoon you know so it's just one of it affects everyone differently yes the mantras have different powers within them just based on what they are where you are Mm -hmm. how you're able to connect with it or not and it's over time just continues to deepen your own awareness of yourself and your practice. Yes. And I've found that, um, with mantras, I tend to begin to feel connected to the other people in the space, in the Mm -hmm. room, even, even strangers that I don't know. Um, it's just, we're all making the same sounds, the same vibrations, and it's just a collective sound that can be really, really beautiful and inspire. I really enjoy, you know, even if it's not a Kundalini class, it's Mm -hmm. a vinyasa class, starting with an Aum. And I'll say, you know, this is, is representing all of the energy that came today because the sound of everyone's voice is exactly what you just said. It's, it's the connecting to all of that. Every single person in the room on their mat brought with them a voice Yes, and to join that voice together in one singular sound, it just is very powerful to sort of kind of connect that. And we're in a place where community and bringing um, like-minded people together to make changes on the planet is so important. Yes, it is. It is. Um, So, and then going back to Kriya, 
please, please um, tell us a little bit more about Sure. Yeah. So, so a Kriya is a set of exercises. Mm-hmm. And in Kundalini Yoga, we don't make anything up. All of these Kriyas were passed down from Yogi Bhajan. Um, specifically, they've been recording detailed records of everything he taught. And um, these have been passed down. And they'll be for specific things. Like um, we just practiced a Kriya today that is also considered to be a meditation. So it's an active set of exercises that also elicits a meditation. Um, And it was for mental clarity Mm -hmm. and physical stamina which we could all use both of those things yes (laughs) to get through our days they're all named for what they affect so Mm -hmm. there's um kriyas for the liver there's kriyas to open the heart center there's kriyas for um your magnetic field which is really like the energy that surrounds you or we refer to it as your aura in yoga Mm -hmm. so very specifically thousands of kriyas I mean, I can go three years of teaching once a week and never repeat a Kriya. Oh, wow. That's, it's, it's incredible. Um, So there are so many and, you know, typically in Kundalini, we talk about 40 days to create a habit. Yes. And so it's a wonderful um, practice to either pick a meditation or a Kriya that is something that you're working on, right? Mm -hmm. Something specifically for you um, and practice that Kriya for 40 days or practice that meditation for 40 days and then just watch the benefits of that Kriya meditation work for you. Yeah. And so for our listeners, if they are looking to start a yoga or meditation practice, um, I believe you mentioned, um, at some, uh, some point today, you said, um, to us that just 11 minutes, Yes. So yes, you can start with three minutes, which will yeah. change the electromagnetic field. So like your the the way you feel will change in three minutes if you're really into it. Yes. But eleven minutes a day is the magic to start with. All right. And magic just committing, number. just committing to that, you know, time for yourself. If we can't find I mean, come on. You open an app on your phone, there goes at least 11 minutes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so if you can open up the insight timer or something to, or maybe Spotify for your favorite song to meditate yes. with, then 11 minutes to close your eyes and connect and, um, daily. And the best time to meditate is in the morning. And yeah. that's considered the Amrit Vela, which is the time of the nectar when the the pituitary gland is secreting hormones. So it's a more powerful time to meditate. It's also because the day is not started. The to-do list is not there. The kids are sleeping. Hopefully. (laughs) So so it's just, um, you know, if you, if you don't get your meditation in before 6am and for some of you, that might sound crazy, (laughs) then, you know, maybe it's 7 a.m. Um, it's just a little bit harder to fit it in. Yes. So it's getting up earlier and creating a ritual for yourself to honor that, um, that divinity that we all have. Yeah. And I found in my meditation practice that when I do slip away from it, um, which I have done um, for longer periods of time than one might think mm-hmm. <laughs> as a yoga and meditation teacher, um, but I, when... I get back to it, you know, it's, I always get into this thing where, and I teach this, but I have to remember it myself Mm -hmm. is when I am practicing and I'm taking, say it's 11 minutes, we're going to go with 11. I honestly feel when I'm practicing that, that I have an extra hour in my day because my thoughts 
are more clear there. I just have that mental clarity. My to-do lists come more easily. I don't forget things. So I end up carving out 11 minutes would create maybe at least an hour more in my day. I feel like. Absolutely. And it is, it's that internal calm that just having that consistent practice and discipline to the meditation for the mind, right? We're talking about your mind. Mm-hmm. This is an yes. important thing within <laughs> us. And it does. It That's how, exactly how I describe it to people is it feels like you add time to your life. Mm-hmm. And it's simply because just like, you know, if you look at the ocean and you've got all the waves and that's sort of like the thought patterns or the cheetah or the, mm-hmm. the universal mind and the currents of the earth. But then if you go to the ocean when there's no waves and it's just calm and flat and you can see straight to the bottom. Yeah. So it's like the clear, that's the clarity that we're looking for in the mind because when you're clear, you can make those decisions in nine seconds, like a conscious decision right? and not go back and forth and him and haul and da, 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 yes. da, because you just, you're clear. Right. You, you got it. You already know. And we, I encourage everyone to truly find a meditation practice that works for you. For me, it's Kundalini. Right. I really believe in the power of it because it brings in so many different elements of working with the brain, but there are many other forms out there. And mm-hmm. I think we, you know, being in this Aquarian age, in this information technology age where everything's coming at us at lightning speed and it's not going to slow down. Right. So we have to consciously choose to slow down. Right. And be able yes. to decipher what's truth mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. and, and know it. And that's the intuition. Mm-hmm. So the clarity brings the intuition. The yeah. intuition brings trust. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Um, and then, so you're based in Atlanta, um, and you know, he, we are here in the South and, um, I'm just curious how you felt about being, or how you feel about being a Southern yogi. Um, uh, there it's, it's becoming more and more popular, but, um, for some, it's still a little tough to wrap their brains around the whole it, it yoga. It really <laughs> is. And I think that's a great point. Um, and, uh, and it is such, um, it's such a nice thing to know that it's just being embraced more and more. And there's so many people that come to yoga now, right? We've, we've turned it into sort of this like heated, hot, vinyasa, sweaty, (laughs) like amazing, good music, right? We get in there and we we're just kind of, we're working out, but we're doing yoga. Right. And then surprisingly people are starting to go, Whoa, there's a little, well, there's more to it right. than just what we came to it for. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, being born and raised in the South and finding Kundalini Yoga first and literally connecting to it to, to it so much that it was like I drank the Kool-Aid from the first day and started <laughs> spouting off all this interesting information everywhere I went, there were some looks for sure. Yeah. And that is where the insecurity came in of like, well, maybe I need to be quiet for a second. Right. Back off just a bit. You no, know, even yeah. my parents were like, no, who is this Yogi Passion guy? <laughs> and what is this white clothing that you're wearing? And, yeah, tell us you know, about there's a, that. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things that come with Kundalini. And it's, and it's not, you don't have to do all of these things to practice Kundalini Yoga. Right. Um, we, you know, we wrap the head to, to, to contain the energy. We wear white because it elevates the auric field or the, the um, vibration that you feel. Mm -hmm. So, but all of these things are just add-ons. You're not going to, you're just going to, it's like adding the cherry on top, right? The more you incorporate these elements of the Kundalini yoga technology, Mm -hmm. 
But going back to being in the South, um, definitely feel that I've probably always been the one that either did things differently or like to do things differently <laughs> <laughs> just to be different. <laughs> Maybe just doing it on purpose. Maybe yeah. just kind of like, you know, that was my thing to be just slightly different. I'm not sure. Maybe not. That's great. You know, yeah. I think back, who knows? Um, but it definitely brings up a little, you know, until you're authentic with yourself and you've experienced it and know it's your truth it is a little like, mm, what are they going to think? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm not sure I yeah. can teach this today. Right. That no longer happens. And it's actually a wonderful feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that there's so many, you know, that's the one good thing about the information technology age is it's through Instagram and Facebook and social media. There's a lot more availability to find kundalini yoga happening yes and then when i do go to let's say la california where it's like the mecca i'm like oh wow i'm just like one of these guys yeah yeah <laughs> i'm just them. dropping in yeah. this is like completely normal so they're there and, and again i think that one of my gifts is just making it approachable mm -hmm. absolutely i am i am just like all of you i am a true southerner yeah and, you say and, and everything. I love this stuff and it works. So <laughs> I think that because I come from the South and I am a Southerner, even though I tried, I didn't think that I was that Southern until I lived in Washington, D.C. for a couple of years. And oh, wow, I just yeah. open my mouth and see the looks yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, you know, it, it is it is, I think, more approachable. Yeah, I can make it more approachable. Yeah. And humor helps. Yeah. Humor helps. Lighthearted attitude. Lighthearted attitude. Sure. It is just yoga. People can get real serious. Oh yeah. The faces. Real alone. serious. <laughs> and then just, you know, allowing people to laugh and, um, and a little pep talk like, okay, guys, we're getting, we're coming up on a 10 minute or, Ooh. you know, if it's, we're going to hold the arms over the head and chant this mantra and breathe like this for 10 minutes. You, you, there's a little pep talk. Yeah. They have to trust you. Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> and they usually do. And um, so you've been, you said you've been married for 20 years. Fantastic. And you have two girls. Two girls. Mama to two girls. Yes. And they are amazing. All of them, the husband and the children. Yes. Um, you know, David, my husband, started doing the Kundalini in, in our own basement, oh, <laughs> in yay. our first house, yeah. when I started teaching. Um, he, he does prefer the Ashtanga and the Vinyasa more, but he does meditate Kundalini Yoga mm -hmm. meditations with me, which is great. Yes. Um, I had this master plan with my children to take them to summer solstice, which is um, a camp that happens every year out in New Mexico in the mountains where you camp and do Kundalini yoga and white tantric yoga for a whole week with all people from all around the world. I mean, yes. we have translators for many different languages and we gather in this beautiful land on Ramdas Puri. So I decided that they needed to be old enough to survive and young enough to not think mommy was crazy. <laughs> so what age was that? So I'm crazy. I am crazy. You are crazy. So oh, okay. I took them. They never camped a day in their life. I took them when Sloan was four and Eve was six. And oh, we camped wow. for seven nights in the desert with just me. David wasn't with David you. David does not go to summer solstice. Oh, heavens. This is sort of my personal 
you know, trip every year for myself yes. that I shared with the kids for five years. Wow. So they came for five years. And they wanted and to do it. Yes. I got to the place where on that fifth year, I looked at them at the end of that trip and said, next year I'm coming by myself. <laughs> Because it's just gotten to the place where I'm like, okay, I did my mission. Yes. I've exposed you to this amazing place. And this, it's a place where by the end of the week, you've gone through all the things, all the letting go, all the itchy, ugh, like you, it's just, it's hot, it's dry. There's a lot of people, there's porta johns, but there's a lot of meditation too. Right. (laughs) But by the end, you're so highly elevated and the heart is so open and every single person there is is so lovely that you you really wish the whole world could be that way. Yeah. So they felt that love and they yeah. get that. And they yeah. can come again when they're old enough to say they want to yeah. come. Yeah. Did, were they okay when you said, I'm they going okay. by myself? Yeah, okay, they yeah. were okay. Now they go to water ski camp oh, the same yeah, time so. that I go to summer <laughs> solstice. So it's a so, win-win. Okay, great. <laughs> well, so they, but do they practice yoga with you often or would that be? They're getting to the age where it's, they're asking more. And mm-hmm. I've always been, I've always decided that I'm not going to push them because mm-hmm. I want them to just come to it. Right. Yes. So in the summers, like this past summer, they were out of school. So they would come to my Kundalini class and my vinyasa class that I would do outside and they would practice both. Great. And their friends started coming. And when wow. I get home this weekend, I'm adding back a Saturday class that so they're going to come to the Saturday class. And they could actually lead the class. Oh, wow. Not the vinyasa, <laughs> but the kundalini. They know it all. Like oh, they wow, could teach it. Ask great. them a question. They, they know the answer. Regular practice, not yet. Oh, wow. That's great. But it is, it is yeah. exciting to think. Actually, my daughter Eve said, well, I should come to Blackberry Mountain with you sometime. Yeah. I'm like, we'll start doing yoga and you can be my assistant. She's like, I will. I will. <laughs> That's so precious. And so she is, so she's the younger? She's the older. She'll be right. turning 13 um, in April. Oh yeah. So it's time. Oh yeah. It's time it's to get time. the yoga going. Yeah. For sure. I've got, I've got one about that age and she's, she's ready. It's yeah. time. She's yeah done a little bit but well think back come on Megan like oh. if we had found yoga I don't know when you found it but I was in oh, my yeah. 20s which still yeah. felt early but if I'd found it before college oh I know could have avoided some situations yeah yeah <laughs> I was in my 20s too yeah I was in my well a little bit well no 20s definitely yeah. 20s yeah. yeah um yeah so and then how about your personal practice like how often so I know you're so so busy with teaching but do you um, what's your, the personal personal practice and discipline at the moment is daily meditation without a doubt. Yes. Um, and I just, uh, at the end of last year took a mind and meditation level two Kundalini yoga course that has a 90 day post training sort of, um, continuation. So we have a 90 day meditation that we're practicing and the, um, to prep for your 11 minute meditation that you have chosen through this process, you actually chant for 37 and a half minutes wow. to prepare yourself. So the total is about an hour by the time you wow. tune in and chant your long echo cars and then move into your meditation that you're doing. Um, it's about an hour commitment and I'm on day 72. Oh, congratulations. It feels really, really good. Yeah. And so talking about being busy and how meditation creates space, this longer meditation has created so much 
like, I feel smarter. Yeah. You know, it like gives you, I don't, I don't know that I am, but it, it gives you the sensation of like, I can handle all of this and just a wee bit more without the stress. Right. Like the internal feeling of calm can stay while I'm adding to the, the full plate. And I'm only adding to the full plate the things that I really want to add because I'm so able to let the things that I don't want to fall away. Right. Like it's easier to, to navigate the trajectory of your decision making on the things that are actually filling you up. Yes. Because we yes. do so many things just by habit. Right. I mean, habit alone. And then we don't stop long enough to say, you know what? That didn't really feel good. Anymore. I don't really like that anymore. <laughs> I don't like the way that makes me feel. Yeah. So how can I make that change? Well, through meditation and, and just awareness and consistency, those things start naturally shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then the physical practice is, um, I'm having to be really, um, just flexible with myself based on two kids at two different schools, right. a teacher training in session and group classes I'm teaching. And then we pulled you away to, I um, love it. <laughs> I'm going to go for a lovely hike when we're done talking. Yes. And you know, the physical practice for me is currently when I can get it in because yes. meditation is taking first priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily teaching at these, um, studios in Atlanta, I've got classes, classes I can go to. That's great. Yeah. 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 And you've even been, been able to meld in your, or, um, weave in your practice when we've had you so busy here. Yes. So that's, that's can't miss that day 72. Yeah. Day 72. <laughs> Cause you have to start over if you miss. Yeah, you do. And you know, another thing that I always go back to is meditation is, is so different for everyone. Um, my husband says, you know, his meditation is, um, trail running. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his, you know, Absolutely. that's when he, he gets out in the woods, he's with nature, he's with himself. And, that's, that's his meditation. So it can be, it's totally different for everyone. Absolutely. And, and it is, it's, you know, running before I knew that yoga existed, Mm -hmm. running was my meditation. I ran from sixth grade through high school competitively. And then just as a uh, runner in college, just for exercise. But that was like the thing that, that cleared my head that brought me to stillness. And so, um, there's many things that do that for people. So it's just important to understand what that is for you mm-hmm. and maybe try new things every now and again to see if there's something that can elevate you to a whole new level that you didn't know was possible. And that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, um, for being with us today. And, um, we appreciate your wonderful, um, knowledge that you've shared with us, um, over the past few days with our event and now here for our listeners. Thank you so much. Um, speaking of taking things to a whole new level, (laughs) being able to collaborate with you and the team at Blackberry Mountain for this reset and shift your perspective retreat has been like a kind of like a little dream come true. It's really been beautiful. And I appreciate the opportunity so much. That's fabulous. Well, you've certainly shifted my perspective. Thank you, Lee. (laughs) Thank you. Satnam. Satnam. Thank you for listening to the Blackberry podcast. Continue following the journey wherever you subscribe. Thank you to our guests, interviewers, and audience. Dive into more stories, videos, photos, and podcast episodes on theblackberrymagazine.com. Make a great day.